This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, alhamdulillah, wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulillahi amma ba'du. Before we begin today's class, inshallah, I want to apologize to the community, everybody who came out last night for the long session that was yesterday. I had no idea that we had gone that long, and I am vehemently opposed to those kinds of long lectures. Uh, the companion, Abdullah bin Mas'ud, when he used to talk to the people, they used to encourage him, come out, we want to hear you every day. He was a scholar. They wanted to hear and take directly from him the religion. And he told them that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam kana yatakhawwiluna bin mawridha. Rasulullah used to give us these talks here and then. He didn't talk like that and leave us for a long time. Every day he's giving us these long lectures. In an authentic hadith, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam prayed salatul fajr with the people. And after praying fajr, he got on the minbar and he talked to them from fajr time all the way to the adhan of al-dhuhr. They made the adhan of dhuhr and they prayed salat al-dhuhr. He went back on top of the minbar and talked to them until salat al-asr. They prayed salat al-asr. He got back on the minbar and he talked to them until salat al-maghrib. And he told them everything that was going to happen until yomul qiyamah. And the people memorized and they learned. So that's a case of the strength of the companions, Ridwanullah alayhim, and the knowledge that came from the Mishkat and the Yambur of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So he did that with them, but that's not the norm and that's not something that we're going to do. Nor are we going to use that as, as an example and say, well, we should be able to do two hours. No, we're not going to say that. As a matter of fact, that hadith, verily from you are those who run the people away. I think that's applicable. I don't want to fall under that categorization and that description. From you people who give dawah are the people who run the people away from al-Islam. So because there was a lot of people here, alhamdulillah, and no one got up. I'm really tired and I offer no excuses. But no one got up and left. Then the people started getting up to leave a few here and there, three, four people. It was already two hours or something like that. And then when a brother said, oh, it was too long. And that's why the microphone got cut off. That's when I said, wow. So I want to ask you guys, forgive me. And you feel you should feel the right to be able to raise your hand and say, give me some kind of tembeh. Today, inshallah, we come to a tremendous hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. It has its connection to the talk about Abu Bakr al-Siddiq yesterday. May Allah be pleased with him. A companion by the name of Jirir ibn Abdullah al-Bajiri. May Allah be pleased with him. He said that the Prophet said in this hadith sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that consists of two words. Ardu musaddiqikum. Make the musaddiqeen, your musaddiqeen, make them happy and pleased. The musaddiqoon are those people who come and collect the zakat from the Muslims. The musaddiq, and this is the importance of the Arabic language. 
the musaddiq make them please arduhum from radiyallah arida make them please don't make them angry don't make them upset concerning this word the musaddiq it's important now the arabic language is very rich just now the imam in surah al-isha read surah al-hadid and from what he read is the statement of Allah Ta'ala إِنَّ الْمُصَدِّقِينَ وَالْمُصَدِّقَاتِ وَأَقْرُضُ اللَّهِ قَرْضًا حَسَنًا يُدَعْفُ لَهُمْ وَلَهُمْ أَجْرٌ كَرِيمٌ He read that just now Verily the musaddiqeen and the musaddiqat Those men who give sadaqah and the women who give sadaqah And those people who loan unto Allah a good loan they will get their reward and they will get a tremendous reward. So Allah called the ones who give sadaqah musaddiq with a shidda, shidda over the sad and the shidda over the dal. Al-musaddiq. And then in the other ayat of Surah Al-Ahzab, Allah called the people who give a zakat wal-mutasaddiqina wal-mutasaddiqat. وَالصَّائِمِينَ وَالصَّائِمَاتِ وَالْحَافِذِينَ اللَّهِ وَحَافِذِينَ فُرُوجُهُمْ وَحَافِذَاتِ وَالذَّاكِرِينَ اللَّهَ كَثِيرًا وَالذَّاكِرَاتِ أَعَدَّ اللَّهُ لَهُمْ مَغْفِرَةً وَأَجُلْ نَظِيمًا So Allah called them المتصدق المتصدق with the ta So the one who gives the sadaqah is مصدق and متصدق as for the musaddiq, the musaddiq, and the sad has no shadda. The musaddiq, that's the person who goes around and collects the zakat. He's like the tax collector. So we mentioned sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sallam, when they come to give and take, to take the zakat from you, give them the zakat. This hadith of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam again is talking about one of the arkan of al-Islam which is zakat. And it is a pillar of this religion so it's important. And the people have been chosen by the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to go and get the zakat. He mentioned in the Quran إِنَّمَا الصَّدَقَاتِ بِالْفُقَرَاءِ وَالْمَسَاكِينِ وَالْعَامِلِينَ عَلَيْهَا those people who can receive the zakat are eight categories of people. And they are the fuqara and the masakin. The poor people who are faqir, fuqara, they have nothing. They're the people who are in the dirt. They have nothing. They live day to day. No money, no property, nothing. They're always hungry. They barely have the bare minimum. That's the faqir. The miskeen is poor, but he's higher than the faqir. In Surah Al-Kaf with Khidr and Musa, there were a group of people who were working on the boat, and they were masakeen. And Khidr broke some of the boat so that the king wouldn't come and confiscate the boat. And they were called masakeen. But they have a boat. They have a boat to do their hustle, to make money. So the faqir is lower than the miskeen. Many of us are masakeen, but we're not fuqara. 
except that we are, as Allah Ta'ala mentioned in the Quran, Antumul Fuqara' with Allah. All of you are faqir as it relates to Allah. You're lesser than miskin because you have nothing. So zakat, it is given to eight categories. It's given to the one who is faqir. It's given to the miskin and it's given to the musaddiq, the one who goes and collects the zakat. He has a right to get the zakat as part of his duty, as part of his compensation. So he has an important role in the deen. So the Prophet told the people concerning them, Sallallahu Alaihi wa ala alihi wa sallam, Ardu, make them happy, make them pleased. Now there's a reason why this was mentioned by the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi wa ala alihi wa sallam. When he used to get the zakat from people like Abu Bakr and Umar and Uthman and Ali and people like that, they would freely give it to him with no problem. But there were people from the Bedouins who lived in the Bawadi, far away from Al-Medina. And the Prophet said about them, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and Bada Jaffa. Anyone who lives in the desert, far away from civilization, far away from the city, they're going to be rough and tough. They're going to be coarse in their behavior. And that's just not the Arabs who are Bedouins, Africans, Pakistanis, Afghanis. People who are nomadic and they live far away from the metropolitan areas, they're tough. They'll sit in the Medjidus like that and if one of them wants to pass gas, he'll let it out. Because that's how they are. Men beda jaffa, the hadith said. Anybody who lives in the Badia, the desert, he's going to be rough, tough, and coarse. He'll come to the masjid and urinate in the masjid in front of everybody. He's that person and we can't be like them. Because they've been mentioned in the Quran and most of the time when they're mentioned in the Quran, they're not mentioned in a nice way. Allah Ta'ala mentioned about them and described them al-A'rab. أَشَدُّ كُفْرًا وَنِفَاقًا وَأَجْدَرُ أَلَّا يَعْلَمُوا حَدُودَ مَا أَنزَلَ اللَّهُ عَلَى رَسُولِهِ The Bedouins have more kufr and they have more hypocrisy, nifaq. They worship Allah on the edge. If there's good over here, they'll get with the program. If there's bad over here and get up, they'll get over here. They're on the edge. That's how they worship Allah. They're just looking for benefit. How many camels can I get? How much money can I get? What can I get to benefit me? He's thinking about me, myself, and I. So you find them having kufr. They're the ones who will come to the Prophet and say what they shouldn't say. They'll put their hands on him. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, pull faces, suck their teeth, and so forth and so on. So Allah described them in this ayah, that they have kufr and nifaq, that is shadeed. And they more than anyone else, the ayah said, they don't know, and they don't understand what Allah has revealed on his messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ikhwani, shabat, ikhwani, listen. The Arab don't have knowledge, they are ignorant. And as a result of the jahil, they do their tasarrafat and they act in a way that's inappropriate. We can't be like them. And a lot of our shabab and a lot of Muslims, we are like the Arab, we're like the Bedouins. You will find 
The people who lack knowledge, they're the ones who don't like the scholars. A scholar will take a position and because of his lack of knowledge, his lack of exposure, he thinks the little bit that he knows is a lot. He memorized 40 hadith and that's a little bit. It's a lot, but it's a little bit. The scholar is way beyond that. So the scholar says something that he doesn't understand. And with his little knowledge, he says, that scholar, what is he talking about? So he criticizes the ulama. And it's like, Man ante abalaka. Who are you? Who are you? You don't have any father. What are you talking about? So don't be like those people. Those are the Arab. The more knowledge you get, the more you can look at the scholar's statement, and even if you don't agree with him, you'll maintain respect. And even if you don't agree with him, you'll see his point of view. And even if you don't agree with him, you'll understand why he said what he said. So when the scholar gives and renders a judgment, the juhal, they say scholars for dollars. The juhal, ignorant people say, he's a kafir. And the man doesn't know much about Al-Islam. Don't be like the Arab. And this is a problem that we have today that is prevalent in our community. So the reason why this statement, be nice, be kind, respect those who take the sadaqah, is that when the Prophet sent people, he sallallahu alayhi wasallam sent the umana. People who are ameen, trustworthy. The uqala, people who knew how to deal with people. They had good social skills. He would never send hard, rough, tough people to hard, rough, tough people. Because it's going to be a clash. He sent people who know how to deal. The mu'adhin of the Prophet of Islam, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, was ameen. If you were the mu'adhin during his time, you are trustworthy. If you were an individual that was given responsibility, you're over the army, you are trustworthy. If you're one of the people who wrote down the wahi, the revelation, you are trustworthy. So he told those people, knowing their condition, knowing the condition of the Arab, the Bedouins, when the people come to get the zakat from you, give it to them. Why? Because the Bedouin will look at you when you come for the zakat and say, why are you taking my money? I work hard for my money. Who you think you, who you think you are? No, man. We're not taking your money. That money is a lot. Man, don't give me that money is a lot. That's my money. And that's how the Bedouin is. He doesn't understand. So therefore, the Prophet was advising them, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, to have gentleness and respect, al-taqdeer, al-ihtiram, adam al-asa'a, don't be nasty with them. Don't be rough with them. Don't be tough with them. He said to us in an authentic hadith, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and to his companions, may Allah be pleased with them. If the person comes to you people to get the zakat, make sure he doesn't leave you except that he's pleased with you. So the narrator of this hadith, who was Jarir, Ibn Abdullah al-Bajali, may Allah be pleased with him. He said, once I heard that hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and he told us, when the people come to get the zakat, make sure that they leave and they're happy. He said, they never came to me except that I made it my business to make sure he came and he left and he was happy. And this part of the hadith, the reason of the hadith is important. This is important. 
the companion Jarir ibn Abdullah ibn uh, Al-Bajli, may Allah be pleased with him, he's like, I was mentioning last night about Abu Bakr, the ibadah of the companions, and that many of them, when they were hear something, a hadith, once they heard it, when they narrated that hadith, they would tell the people, and I never left it after I heard it. Like in this case, I heard the Prophet say, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, if they come and they ask you for the zakat, give it to them, make sure they leave, they're happy. He said, it never happened after I heard that, except that I executed it. Ali ibn Abi Talib, may Allah be pleased with him, he wanted to get for Fatima some help inside of the house because she developed calluses. The Prophet came to their house and he gave them some advice. He said, I give you something better than someone who will help her to do the housework. He said, every night before you go to bed, say subhanallah 33 times. Say alhamdulillah 33 times. Say Allahu Akbar 34 times every night before you go to bed. And he said, once I heard that, when I heard it, I never left it for the rest of my life. Never. Up until this point. Someone from the audience heard and said, what about the, the battle of Safin, the night of Safin, when you were having that fight and the civil strife between you and the other companions? Aisha radiallahu anhum. As if to say, even in the rough time, the rough nights, you didn't forget that? He said, even in that night, I didn't forget it. Those are the companions. They hear something and that's it. Our mother, Um Habiba, may Allah be pleased with her. A woman, she said that I heard the Prophet say, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, anyone who prays 12 raka'at in a day, sunnah prayers, two for the fajr, two or four before dhuhr, two or four after, two before asr, and so forth. If you pray 12 sunnah prayers, Nawafil, coming into the masjid, but you make 12 every day or any day, a house will be built for you on that day in Jannah. She said, when I heard that, I never left it. Never. Every day. Who does that? Who hears a hadith and then he sticks to it? Who does that? The companion of the Prophet Abu Huraira radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he said that, my friend, Awsani Khalili, my bosom friend, my Khalil, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he advised me to do three things. He advised me to fast three days of every month. He advised me to pray Salatul Duha. Salatul Duha. Once the sun comes up before Salatul Zuhr. He advised me to pray at least two rakahs every day, a duha. And he advised me to go to sleep. But to make witter before I go to sleep. He said, I never left it once I heard it. And we can keep going on, keep going on, keep going on. Abdullah ibn Umar, may Allah be pleased with him. He heard the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Anyone who has something that should make a wasiyah. If you die, may Allah give us all long life. Kulu amin. He said, if you owe money, you have a wasiyah. Or oh, you want your family to know something. I owe them money. They owe me money. He said, two days should not pass you by, except that we'll see it has to be written. So you heard it today. Two days, you have something. I owe so-and-so money, I owe so-and-so money. 
Abdullah bin Umar said, once I heard that hadith, my wasiyah was written with me. And that's the companions, Ridwanallahi alayhim. And we can keep going. Someone should give a khutbah about how the companions did this. Because there are a lot of examples. But we want to move on, inshallah ta'ala. We go to the point that's really important, and that is, the reason why the Prophet said this to the people was because some Bedouins came to him, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, to complain. They say, Ya Rasulullah, the people come to get our zakat and they oppress us. They make zulm, they oppress us. Rasulullah said, Ardu musaddiqikum. <laughs> no, be good to the people who are taking the zakat. Because his people who he sent to them were not oppressing them. That was the understanding of the Bedouins. They're taking our money. So he, he, he said to them, be good to them, knowing their mentality. And it's similar to the famous hadith we mentioned many times here of the man who used to work and the, and the son, the son used to work and his father was living with him and the father used to take his son's money without his knowledge while the son was out in the heat working. And the son would come back with the new money and realize my father is taking my money. And he went to the prophet to complain about something that really happened. Ya Rasulullah, my dad is taking my money. And he was really taking the money. Not like the Bedouins. It was a figment of his imagination. They were taking, he was taking his money. The Prophet said to him, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, your money and you, you and your money belong to your father. You and your money belong to the father. As if to say to the man, what your father did was not okay. But if it wasn't Allah for Allah and then your father, you wouldn't be here, nor would your money be here. So handle the situation. Manage the situation. Don't punch your father in the face. Don't wrestle your dad and put him in an arm bar. Don't go to the popo and rat your dad out. Don't treat your pops like that. You have to try to deal with them. And that's not just money. You and your children belong to your father. You and your children belong to your mother. And so forth and so on. So the Nabi of Islam, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, knowing their situation. And this is important for people giving dawah. That you have to know the people you're dealing with. You have to be able to read the room. You have to be able to deal with the people and know their intellect. Like our children. I say, wallahi billahi tallahi. It's, it's easy to say our kids aren't anything. Because they have a very problem. Big problem, the kids today. 2023 kids are a problem. 2023. The way we deal with our mothers and disrespect our mothers. The way we won't do and we won't pull our weight in the house. The kid... Your job, he's 12, 13, 11, 12, 13. His job is simply keep the trash in the toilet, in the bathroom, and the kitchen. Just always throw the trash out. He can't do that. You have to tell him, throw the trash out, throw the trash out, throw the trash out. As if you don't have enough to do already. And then when he goes to throw the trash out, for an example, he throws the trash out, but the way he puts it out is not right. Brings the bins back in, and he brings the bins right in front of the door. For an example, the kid on his own, he has to say, let me do this the right way. 
Now it's easy to say, our kids are not nothing. They're no good. But that's not how we have to deal with people, especially our Shabbat. We have to deal with people in a gentle, easy way. My people from America, African Americans, they're not like you. So now the question presents itself and we bring this to a close, inshallah, what happens if the one who goes to collect the zakat in reality steals and oppresses? He oppresses the people and taking too much zakat. He takes more than he should take, for an example. Or he takes what he shouldn't be taking and he oppresses them. That can happen, especially now. Instead of the people being sent around to get the zakat, we have people coming around taking taxes from us. Or we have to pay taxes, taxing us to death. In the Muslim world, and when you talk about the UK, la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. I have to say it again. I don't know how they want to get those council taxes from me after the corona. I say that in public. I don't know where it's coming from. Maybe I'll be like that man who put some money inside of the wood and threw it in the water. Because I don't know where they're going to get that money from. Taxes up to here, many of us. So if the person came, the musaddiq came, and he oppressed you, this is a big sin. The Prophet told Mu'adh ibn Jabal, may Allah be pleased with him, Knowing the people You are going to a group of people Who are Christians and Jews Know who you're dealing with You're not going to mushrikeen You're not going to Sikhs and Hindus You're not going to atheists and agnostics You're going to a group of people Who have some khalfiya Some background You have to know who you're giving dawah to What's his condition Is he rich, is he poor, is he educated Not educated has he been abused? What Does he have mental issues? What, who are you dealing with? Is he a Bedouin, not a Bedouin? Some of us, we give dawah to people the same across the board. And that's not hikmah. Hikmah is putting things in the proper place. You're going to give dawah to, to someone and the same question that that person asks, you give a different answer to a different person, as the Prophet used to say. Sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Ya Rasulullah, can I kiss my wife while I'm fasting? Yes. Ya Rasulullah, can I kiss my wife while I'm fasting? No. Why yes to him? Because he's an older man. He's 65 years old. He's 55 years old. Uh, why no to him? Because he's like you. He's 17, 18. He just got married three days ago. Can he kiss his wife while he's fasting? No. Don't come to that door. So we have to know the people. Ya Muaz, you're going to the people from Al-Kitab. Make the first thing you call them to, La ilaha illallah, a tawheed, a tawheed. One of the main reasons last night we gave that talk, Abu Bakr al-Siddiq and the Minhaj al-Sadifi is because we find today people want to talk about the Imaniyat, those things that make you feel good and they have their place in Al-Islam. But we can't talk about that all the time. Biru walidin. And in all of those Imaniyat, is an iman with the tawheed of Allah. But people won't even address that aspect of tawheed. If the people called you and said, can you give a lecture? Yes. What's the title? They say, we want you to give a lecture, how to fry an egg. 
you have to put Tawheed in that lecture. You have to put the Sunnah in that lecture. You have to put warning the people of innovation in that lecture. How to fry an egg. Allah created that chicken who laid that egg. You have to put Tawheed in there. Now, Birruwadidain. That's all Tawheed. But the person only talks about it from the angle of your mother. She went through so much. That's all your mother. That's true. But what about who created our mothers and who told us? And this is what we find a lot of du'ata doing today. Compassionate imams. Compassionate imams. So in this regard, call them to Tawheed. If they accept that, then tell them they have to pray five times in a day and a night. If they do that, tell them that Allah has made it wajib for them to give from their zakat. Wajib. And then the Prophet told them, and this is the point, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, وَإِيَّاكَ وَكَرَائِمْ أَمْوَالِهِمْ But beware of taking the best of their money. Don't take the best of their money. Avoid that. What does that mean? You're a man who owns all of these camels. And you have the full of the camel. The big, fat, strong, meaty, male camel. Don't take those camels. Take the medium ones, the moderate ones. Don't take the worst of the camels. And don't take the best of the man's money. Don't take the best of his cows, the best of his sheep. Don't do that. Take the one that the man is not going to get mad at you. The religion is telling him, give me the best of what you have. Our religion doesn't tell us that. Our religion says, give to the deen what you can do. Don't put in people's heart hatred towards the religion. So the prophet told the musaddiq, don't take people's money unjustly. What if you, if, if they do that? What do we do? We have three things that we can do according to the kitab and the sunnah. The first thing is you can complain to the leader, the leader of al-Islam. It's from the minhaj al-Salafi. We are not people who left in a community without any leadership. We don't want to sit and, and live in a society and there's no leader. And yes, the leaders may be bad at any given time. But the Salaf used to say, 1,000 years under the authority of a bad leader is better than one night when there is no leader at all. And that's because when there's no leader at all, every Tom, Dick, and Harry from the criminals is coming out. And they're going to run up in your house and they're going to kill you and take your wife and take your wealth and take your car. And they're going to electrocute you and burn you. They're going to split your head. They're going to take your organs and sell them. And there's going to be fitting in the earth like it was with Qadhafi. Qadhafi was not the best leader as it relates to Al-Islam. Even some scholars said he was a kafir because some of the things he used to say and do. Saddam Hussein wasn't the best leader as it relates to Islam. Some people said he was a Catholic. But they were two strong, powerful leaders in their countries. And the criminals were afraid to come out. And as a result of that, as a result of that, they had an economy. The Iraqis were some of the most educated people in the Arab world. 
They were educated. They were builders. If you go to Iraq back then, it was one of those places you go and say, wow, look what the Arabs are doing today. In Libya, the same thing. But when the non-Muslims of America and other than them helped to overthrow those countries to steal our wealth and kill our people, Daesh came out. And all these other people, not only Daesh, they came out. And to this very day, it's not safe to go to Iraq. It's not safe to go to Syria. It's not safe to go to these places. Because once the authority is compromised, the life changes. The Prophet told the people, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Man asbaha amina fi sirbihi. Anybody who wakes up and he has safety and security in the place where he lives, mu'afan fi badanihi, and he has good health, he doesn't have cancer, he doesn't have some crazy disease, and wajada qut yomihi. He found enough to eat that day. Three things that most of us have. Whoever wakes up in the morning, he has safety and security. He wakes up in the morning, he has pretty good health. He wakes up in the morning, and that individual has enough to eat that day, a bowl of cereal. He has enough to eat. He ate something. He wasn't faqir. He said, فَكَأَنَّمَا هِيزَتْ لَهُوَ الدُّنْيَا بِهَذَا It is as if that person has been given all of the dunya and the reins of the dunya. And we're walking around all sad because we don't have a lot of cheddar. No. The hadith of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, لَيْسَ الْغِنَى عَنْ كَثَرَةِ الْعَرَضِ إِنَّمَا الْغِنَى غِنَى النَّفْسِ Having wealth is not having a lot of money. Having wealth is having a good disposition. That you are with your babies and you are happy and you're with your brothers and you, you, you live in and after the dust we can all go to Momo's. People can't do that. So what do we do? Number one, if they take your money, you can complain to the leader like the Bedouins did. They complained to the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam concerning their perception. Ya Rasulullah, they came and they taken our money, they oppressed us. You go to the leader. We don't take the affairs in our own hands. Killing people, getting revenge, beating up people. No, we don't do that. This is common in South Africa. This is common in Kenya. You hear someone saying, Mwizi, Mwizi. And he's running down the street, Mwizi. He's a thief, he's a thief. Everybody's going to try to stop him. And they're not going to ask questions. They'll stop him. And once they stop him, they'll start banging him, putting their hands on him. Or throwing a tire on a dude and setting him on fire. The judge, the jury, and the executioner, all at the same time. That's not our religion. We have an imam. Where's his due process? The Prophet told us, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, if people were given according to their mere claims, people would claim the blood and the lives of people. I'm in my store, someone comes, I don't like what he said and how he did it. I say, I'm wheezy. I'm wheezy. And he does what the African American does in America when the police comes. He's not going to stand around and try to explain, I'm not a wheezy, because he knows people want to beat him up. He'll run just to try to escape. And that's the worst thing you can do. So the African American, that's how he feels. The police come and you get nervous. You don't know what to do. Should I do that? He says, no, do, 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 cut the engine. I'm not cutting the engine off. You better cut the engine off. I'm going to put a hole in your head. That's how they are. 
And most people, if you're not trained to deal with that stress, you'll make the wrong move, naturally. May Allah Ta'ala help my people and guide them to Al-Islam. And may Allah deal with those police who are like that. Every cop is not a bad cop. Every cop is not a bad cop. But those people are paramilitary thugs that have been unleashed on us. Unleashed. Like some of those big dogs. You know those big, massive, mean dogs? What are those dogs called? Nah, man, them big dogs like in Afghanistan. Them big, big ones. What do they call? One person. What? The big ones. They're real ferocious. They'll, they'll bite the pit bull's head off. They're big. That's how they are. Leashed on us. Second thing, what can you do? Second thing that you could do is you give them dawah, you give them nasiha. You tell them what you're doing is wrong. What are you doing? This is not halal. Rasulullah say, Iyaka wa kara'im amwalina. You can't take out money. Don't do that. You give them down with Allah. The third thing is you can prevent yourself from giving them. You refuse to give them your money. And hopefully it won't escalate. Hopefully. And where did that come from? It came from Abu Bakr as-Siddiq. Radiallahu anhu. As a khalifa, when he had the issue with them Bedouins who didn't want to give the zakat and they apostated, he wrote a book. He wrote a letter to the Muslim empire. And in that letter, he talked about a zakat and how it was fard. And signed Bukhari, this word, this hadith, this athar. Abu Bakr being the responsible scholar and the one who's responsible for the community. He sent to the Muslim empire. At that time, in the Arabian Peninsula, he said, Radiallahu anhu, فَمَنْ سُئِلَهَا مِنَ الْمُسْلِمِينَ عَلَى وَجْهِهَا فَلْيُعْتِهَا وَمَنْ سُئِلَ فُوْقَهَا فَلَا يُعْتِهَا When they come to get your zakat, if they ask for it by the haq, the right amount and everything, then you Muslims, give them the zakat. And if they come and they ask you for more than what is due, don't give it to them. So the man said, nah, you're not getting my money. You're not getting my money. But we got to try to de-escalate the situation. Because there is a hadith. Man qutila duna malihi shaheed. Anyone who was killed, protected and saving his money, he's a shaheed. But that hadith has fiqh. I wouldn't advise you for one second being in your car at the petrol station, Allah forbid, and I'm giving this hypothetical about somebody else who's in Alaska right now. He's getting petrol, and people roll up on him at the gas station and pull their gat out and say, you know what time it is. You know what time it is. If that's said to you, don't look at your watch. and say, yeah, yeah, I know it. Don't, don't do that. He's not talking about that. You know what time it is. I mean, give up that cheddar right now. Yo, you get it. Take take it. Take it. Because what I have, my life is more expensive than that. I have a wife. I have children. I want to stay on this side of the earth. Take take it. Take it. But if I ever see you again, not that you tell him that, but if you ever see him again, my son was shot like that in the stomach. And I tell him 
right now you are a dead man walking you're a dead man walking get yourself together Allah gave you another lease on life and he blasted him two times African Americans for some chump change gonna kill someone for some chump change so as it relates to the musaddiq if he asks for more he wanna oppress you you don't have to give him the money so this is what we wanted to present today inshallah ta'ala if you brothers have any questions about today's dars you can ask your questions anybody got any questions for today's dars Okay, Hada wa sallallahu wa sallam wa barak ala nabiyyina wa ala alihi wa ashabihi subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika wa ashadu an la ilaha illa ant astaghfiruka wa tubu ilayk. Wassalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org.